Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in and making this podcast a part of your day today. I'm your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinko. Hey, guys. Good to be with you. I have recently ingested a bass singer and uh, kept his voice box. Uh, I think I'm sick. I'm not sure because I feel fine, but I sound like a frog. (laughs) Uh, It's not COVID, David. (laughs) It's not COVID, no, is it? it's not COVID. I am, I am COVID-free, but not gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what we're going to be talking about today. It's really, it's, it's, it's uh, a friend of yours that you yeah. interviewed uh, back in, a few months ago, and, I, and I'm excited about and pumped up about listening to it and interacting with it because it's t- we're if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, David, we're, y'all were, you and Mike, yep. it's Mike, um, Mike Camary. Camary. Yes. I always forget how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> it's like a canary, uh, like you send into the coal mines, yeah. but with an M. Camary, Mike Camary. You were talking <laughs> yeah. about COVID, doing youth ministry in COVID. And yeah. I'm glad that, that we are revisiting this specifically because mm-hmm. I, because the fact is we're all living in it right now still. Yeah. It's normal now. This is not, uh, this is not like, hey, remember a couple months ago? And this is not, oh, look, there's the end in a couple weeks. Like, we're just, it's just life. Life is now COVID. And we're navigating, figuring out, you know, government regulations. We're figuring out the fear of the community and our church people. We're figuring out who's getting sick and how to talk about it with our church members. Because some church members are like, hey, I'm sick, pray for me. And other church members are like, hey, I'm sick. Don't tell anybody I said that. And uh, so it's, it's all over the place. But one of the reasons I really enjoyed talking with Mike is because um, he, it's not just that he's like a really active youth pastor and he's also the uh, student ministry coordinator for the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, but um, he has a unique perspective on doing ministry in COVID because um, he's one of the guys that I've talked to that just hasn't quit. Um, There's had to be some adjustments. Yeah we've had to do some things because we're trying to be good neighbors in our communities. Um, you know, having to do masks and temperature checks and, and buy sanitizer from anywhere you can find it. (laughs) And, uh, but, um, he hasn't allowed this to slow him down. He hasn't, his student ministry, uh, at his church hasn't allowed this to, um, defeat them. And, uh, some, some of just like the smaller things, of how we look at ministry and how we approach it, even just the attitude we take. Um, I found our conversation very refreshing. And especially as we're starting in a new year, a new calendar year, uh, it's, I think it's kind of like a, a quick booster for us to remember, like, you know, ministry is not dead. Ministry is not over. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. Uh, Jesus promised that and no pandemic is going to stop the gospel from spreading. And so I was really charged up after this conversation with Mike. I think it was shortly before Christmas or Thanksgiving that we talked 
And um, I'm just really encouraged by him and, and his perspective and, and even down to the minutia of some of the wording that we use and how they have decided to take a more positive outlook on things. Uh, so I think for those of you listening out there, this is going to be a really encouraging episode for you um, with maybe a few laughs along the way. Well, guys, stay tuned as we talk with Mike Kamari. Hey guys, uh, thanks for listening today. I'm really excited because I get to interview today a friend and fellow youth ministry worker in my area, uh, but he's also uh, got a lot more responsibility than that uh, as of recently. So I want to introduce you guys today, Mike Kamari. Uh, we've been friends for probably about, I don't know, two, three years now since I started at my church down in Prince George. And Mike is the youth pastor at Parkway Baptist Church in Mosley, Virginia, and uh, has also uh, become the new student ministry strategist for the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, which is the conservative uh, state affiliation for the Southern Baptist Convention. So, Mike, uh, glad to have you on today, man. Yeah, David. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to to be on the podcast today. It's awesome. Absolutely. So, um, for those who don't know who you are, um, why don't you give us just kind of like a quick overview of who Mike Kamari is and what you've been up to these days? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, um, I am 35 years old. I've been in student ministry now, part time and full time for the last uh, 17 years, and all at one church, uh, which is very uh, awesome. Uh, I started attending Parkway the second Sunday that it was open uh, as a junior in high school. And uh, God had saved me at the age of 10, called me into ministry at 12, and uh, told my pastor that, my planting pastor there at the time. And um, he said, okay, great. Why don't you help start the student ministry? And, uh, and so that's what I did, myself, my brother, uh, and like two other students at the time uh, that the church was started, we just started inviting friends and, um, and the student ministry grew and uh, did community college here locally for two years. They went to Liberty um, and then uh, worked here at the church as well as an intern during all that time. And then when I graduated in 2008, uh, the church hired me full time to do the student ministry, and so been here ever since. And man, God's just been amazing. Uh, I've been doing some some really neat things. We'll get into some of that later. But uh, uh, for me personally, I've got a wife uh, named Julie. Uh, she is a second grade public school teacher here in the county that we live in. Uh, I have a son named Landon who is seven and is all boy. Loves to go outdoors and get dirty and muddy and all that awesome. good stuff. And then I have a daughter, Jillian, who's nine, who is all girl. So makeup, crafts, all that good stuff. So, uh, uh, but they are they are a huge blessing in my life. And um, I love to read. Uh, I love to uh, catch up on uh, Netflix series and shows. Um, uh, and also love to to play sports and um, love watching college basketball. So, um, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me. That's awesome, man. So, um, are you caught up all on the Mandalorian yet? I am not, and I <laughs> I am sad to say that I actually don't have Disney Plus yet. But I'm using it. I'm using it as a good behavior tactic for my son. So ah. he really wants to watch the Mandalorian. I told him, hey. 
if you do this and don't do this, we can get it in December and we can binge the Mandalorian together. So, so yeah. oh, you're such a good dad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love having kids. It's they're, they're truly a blessing. Awesome. Um, so as you, th- that's pretty incredible uh, to me that, that you've been at the same church. I think you said 17 years. Um, that, that's just, uh, you're, you're blowing the curve, man, for everybody else. <laughs> um, cause I think the last time I checked, uh, the average stay of a youth pastor at a church was down to 18 months. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that was uh, when I was in high school and I guess we were in high school close to the same time. Um, it was four years. Right. right. And now I think four years is the average stay for a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who knows what it is right now with COVID. Right. No, absolutely. Because <laughs> um, I mean, we were at a meeting earlier and um, someone mentioned that there's a lot of pastors now that are struggling with whether or not they're even going to stay in the ministry just because of all the pressure that's happened since March of this year. Uh, and that kind of brings me to, to I just want to ask you today, you know, as you've been in the same church for so long and you've seen the the ebb and flow of ministry and, you know, especially with student ministry, sometimes it's, it's middle school heavy, sometimes it's high school heavy, sometimes it's barren, sometimes it's full, you know, it, it can come and go. But how has, how has the, the COVID pandemic and the shutdowns and, and, and all of that impacted your youth ministry and your family, um, with, especially now that it's been going on for so long? Yeah, it's interesting, bro. I was I was actually on sabbatical when COVID hit, um, and so I was just wrapping up a two month sabbatical, which I was insanely grateful for uh, that our church adopted that, um, and it was just it was amazing. But I was actually on a silence and solitude retreat that week in March, middle of March, when everything got shut down. And then I remember like watching uh, the news. And I remember Mike Pence, vice president Pence, like behind, uh, president Trump with the sign, like two weeks, the the two week curve, right. We want to beat the curve, you know, it's going to be two weeks. And, and so we were like, okay, we're just going to shut down for a little while. We'll move things virtually and whatnot. But then as that two weeks passed and then another two weeks passed, you know, having to figure out and completely shift student ministry, um, was exhausting. I mean, I'll just be honest, like trying to rack my brain on like, how in the world do we do this? And how do we remain effective in reaching and discipling students when we've got to move everything virtually? Um, And so uh, I was at this uh, retreat that I was at and I immediately went into game mode and I was calling my senior pastor, calling my leaders and saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. So I had to end my sabbatical about two and a half weeks early and, and just jumped right back in the saddle into, in a COVID ministry world. And so for us, it just changed like it did for a lot of folks. We moved everything virtual. So our small groups that we did, virtual. Our Wednesday night studies, virtual. And so Zoom became our friend. Google mm-hmm. Meet became our friend. Um, and what I decided to do is, is to make it more intentional and strategic for us here at Parkway, I developed a, a COVID survival packet. Um, and so with that was just a lot of different resources for students that are honestly are already out there. Um, things like the Bible project, um, things like right now media, um, and just trying to encourage students and even parents to, uh, to dive into some of those, uh, so that we can make sure, or at least encourage discipleship to happen in the home. Um, we also have a big retreat uh, that we do, an at-home retreat, like a D-Now type weekend. It's very missional. 
um, that we call Live Love, and that happened in April. And so instead of canceling that, I said, hey, you know what? Since everything else is virtual, we're going to make that virtual too. And so had my, my guest speaker come in virtually and gave our students COVID-appropriate uh, mission projects that they could do in their own neighborhoods and, and whatnot. And so uh, we, we wanted to make sure that ministry was still going to happen. It, we just had to be a little bit more creative in um, what that looked like. And so, again, like you mentioned, just very exhausting and very tiring and just um, long days, long nights. And, uh, and nobody, nobody trained us on how to do this, right? Yeah. Um, no college <laughs> classes, no seminary classes taught us how to do this. And I praise God for the resources that were out there through through um, places like Lifeway and others who made resources available to help ministry still happen. And so, um, so yeah. So I think for us, uh, just just moving everything virtual is, is what we did, and trying to figure that out, and still trying to figure that out even yeah. today, right? So, yeah, because uh, yeah. I think that one of the things that we're hitting now, and I, I'm sure that you've dealt with this, is the Zoom fatigue. Yes. Um, with uh, your students or even yourself and your and your leaders just tired of seeing each other on screen and and you know getting to a point where you've never wanted a hug more in your life you know right because <laughs> right. you feel so isolated from people but now that we're at like we're at a point right now where um, you know regardless of how people feel about what's happening with the political landscape um, left right or center uh, when things change and as they are changing now. Um, is that changing how you're having to view the next six to 12 months with whether we continue to harp on the online part or make strategy for how to come back inside safely? Or have you guys yeah. even come back in yet? Yeah, we have. We actually started meeting back in person uh, back in May okay. uh, as a student ministry. Now, as a church, we started meeting back uh, together in April. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so praise God, we've been able to figure that out and, and make plans. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff outside actually, even now in the, in the cooler months, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure that out. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to buy propane tanks and a uh, little personal fire pit areas, uh, to put outside for our small groups happening tomorrow night. But, um, but yeah, just trying to figure that out and, and stay in constant communication with our our leadership here at our church to, to, to figure out, Hey, what are we, what is our response? What are, what are we going to do to make sure that people are safe? Like what are, what's our protocol? Um, because we want to be consistent in our, in our language and how we promote what we're doing. So we went through what we called these like launch stages. And so we had different colors that we walked through. We started at like launch code red, and then we went to orange and now we're in blue. Um, and each, each, launch stage kind of lessens the uh, restrictions a little bit, but, um, but still has some things in place. But, um, but yeah, I think as far as like planning six to 12 months out, we're not doing that. Um, it's just, it's, can't. So, it's so hard. <laughs> and, and like I, and that's what, that's what the Lord's been really kind of working on, on me with is that like, I like to plan six, 12, 18 months out, but in this type of environment, I mean, you're lucky if you get a month out, you know, yeah. before something's announced and something changes and a restrict new restrictions and things like that. So I think what the Lord's been teaching me through this is, is flexibility. Right. And, and we, we preach that when we go on mission projects with our students, uh, camps with our students, like, Hey, we've got a schedule, but it's all flexible. Anything and everything can happen. And we just got to 
we got to remain fluid and flexible. Um, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So, uh, so yeah, and, and God's, God's doing, God's doing some amazing things in and through it, you know, which, which is what I've got to remember in those frustrating times. I got to remember, okay, God, you're at work. You're, you're doing something awesome in my life, but also in the life of my students and, and all that. So. Yeah. And has your, has your church been, um, affected directly by COVID as far as like members getting sick or, um, people in your community that have been, uh, had their lives like specifically impacted by maybe not just the sickness, but maybe the shutdown specifically. Yeah. I mean, of course we've, we've had just a few cases in our church, not a lot. Um, in fact, we had a couple who were very, very vulnerable. Mm. Um, and we were really concerned for them, but they praise God came through it just fine. And they, uh, have recovered. And in fact, their testimony is, Hey, we wouldn't have changed that for anything because wow. of what we learned through that. Um, I've only had a few students get it, uh, not from anything that we've done as a church, but just in other things that they've, um, that they've been involved with, with sports and school and things like that. Um, but then also like the economic effect too, um, has impacted several families in our church and job loss and things like that. But what's interesting, and we talked about this earlier today, like giving, giving has been solid. Um, and we praise God for that. Like giving has been insanely awesome. Um, and with that, we've been able to do some different things ministry wise, but also some, some, uh, some upkeep things we've been meaning to do here at the church. Uh, for a while. Um, and the Lord's provided and blessed us during this time. So we, we've seen the negative effects. Um, but we've also seen some really, some really awesome positive, um, aspects too. So, yeah. And, and I think that's with all the junk that's happening, um, cause it's not just COVID it's also the election. Um, right. I mean, between those two, uh, 2020 has probably been like the longest 10 years of our lives, but um, I, I think that uh, it's good for us, and I'm glad you hit on this in a couple areas. It's good for us to focus on the positives, and um, it's good for us to uh, to try to find um, where the Lord is working, or maybe not even try to find it, but just try to recognize when it happens. Um, because we've we we have a family that's that's working through. Um, the whole family got it. Um, mom, dad, and they got three teens in the youth group and a kid in the youth ministry or in the children's ministry. And, uh, thankfully, uh, they're all recovering and they're all okay. Nothing major happened for them. Um, but it's, it, I've talked to them, the, the dad I, I've been kind of keeping up with cause he's my co-leader for my small group. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, okay. he was like, dude, um, being stuck in my house for two weeks is far worse than the symptoms. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, I get that. I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's something that I, I, it's, it's finding a weird balance. And I don't know if you've had this with your church, but there's been, it's been difficult trying to find a, a this balance between um, uh, doing like on site ministry meetings and still uh, being cognizant of the concerns of the people in your church. For sure. Um, especially if you're in a spot and I don't know if this is you or not, but if you're not really concerned and you think that there's been too much hype in the media, um, and you're watching everybody else freak out and you're trying to stay calm, um, but also not make stupid decisions when it comes to the youth ministry. Um, I'm glad what you said, like you're still doing some things outside just to, just to be safe. 
Uh, but what with being inside uh, when you do things together as a church, whether it's youth group or or the main worship service, what are some of those precautions that you guys have been taking just to to address the concerns of the masses? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question, David. Um, so right now, currently, we um, uh, we suggest uh, folks wear masks. Um, we don't require that. We don't police that, but we strongly suggest, hey, if you come into the building, please wear a mask. Of course, you can take it down as you find a seat and worship. All of our seating is physically distanced, um, uh, six feet. Uh, we also have, this is what, this is something that was really cool um, that our new pastor of small groups and missions uh, suggested that we do because preschool and children's ministry is still shut down for us. Um, uh, we actually put tables up and we have a multi-purpose um, worship center that, that is a gym as well. So we put tables on the end or on the, um, on the walls, on the, the, the right and left walls. And uh, those are tables that families can sit at with their kids. And so we put paper on those tables and crayons and little activity sheets. And so um, families are able to worship together. Um, and we, we, we promote and we announce like, Hey, it's okay that if kids are noisy, if they're running, like it's okay. Like that's normal. And it's also like, just, it, it, it blesses the, the other worshipers, you know, to see kids in there being kids, you know? Um, so we also have a clean team that we have had ever since we started meeting in person back in April. Uh, and they clean in between every service. Um, they clean our bathrooms, our, um, our uh, doors um, and uh, change the the paper on the tables uh, each service as well. Um, and so those are some things that, that we have in place now. Of course, we don't, if you're feeling sick, running fevers, things like that, we ask that you be smart and not come. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, those are some things that, uh, that, that we have in place uh, and that we, we try to keep in place when we have our student ministry events as well. Um, we've had to move a couple of things inside um, just because of weather. Um, and so we've kind of kept those, uh, those restrictions, not real restrictions, but guidelines um, for, for them as well. Safety guidelines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the pirate's code. It's more of a guideline. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah. And we actually did that too on a, on a um, fall retreat. We did a fall retreat back in September and I wrestled with this man like I wrestled with like, Hey, do we just do something here at the church or do we get these kids away at a camp setting? And so I worked with a camp in North Carolina called camp Willow run and they had safety guidelines and precautions set up. So we just abided by those. And we took, we took the students, we took about 110 people um, to this camp and had an amazing fall retreat and didn't have any issues whatsoever. And so just, for that. yeah, man, so awesome. And, uh, just God did an amazing work, um, there and, uh, lives were changed and transformed and, uh, but still had to, to do it with the, the guidelines that, and the, the restrictions that the camp put in place, but our students were willing and our parents were willing to, to do that for the opportunity for them to get away, worship together, study the word together and just fellowship. Um, obviously physically distanced fellowship, but still, yeah. um, so it was awesome. It's, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. That's awesome. And that, that's something you said a couple of times now, and I'm really glad you said this because this is something that we haven't really had a chance to address. And it seems kind of minor um, to think about it. And, and some people might be like, well, it's just semantics, but, and mm. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but uh, I, I love that you said physically distanced. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
we are we were created in the image of God and we were created to be part of community. Come on. And yep. you can't be a part of community when you are socially distant. Yeah, man. Um we're we're already cut off enough as it is with social media um backfiring the way it has. <laughs> um it was it was invented to draw us together and it's and it's put wedges in between us. And so uh, that's something that I'm really glad to hear you say is that you're encouraging physical distance yep. because that still allows for social interaction. It still allows for people to come together and to be a family. And And I'm I'm curious, is that something you guys have done on purpose or does that just kind of slip out? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad you picked up on that because no, that is something we have intentionally done on purpose. In fact, that came from... Um, our, our church treasurer, he is, he is a, a, an awesome guy. He's a lay leader here. He's not on staff, but just an amazing God following guy. Uh, and just, and just, a, a a workhorse for us in, in serving, um, and just does a lot. Um, but he said at a, at a meeting back when this started, he said, I don't like the word socially distance. Can we please use the word physically distance because of that very reason that you said, you know, I mean, we're created for, for that interaction were created for that community. And I, I, I just, I'm like, you, yeah, I can't stand that, that the semantics of, of socially distant, <laughs> yeah. like we cannot isolate. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so that, that's what we, we use the physical, physically distance uh, language. Awesome. So, I, lo- yeah. I love that. I, I'm, I'm big on semantics for some reason. I like words. <laughs> I drove my English teachers nuts in middle and high school, but now I like words. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Um, so how has the atmosphere of your youth and, and your youth ministry changed during COVID? Because I'm sure at first they were like, okay, you know, a couple of weeks, we can handle this. And then it got yeah. into graduation's been taken from you. Um, now now we're in the fall. Sports have been taken from you. Hmm. Um, other extracurriculars have been taken from you. Um, but ministry opportunities have not necessarily been taken. They've just been changed. Yeah. So how, how have your youth responded and your youth leadership? How have they been handling all this? Yeah, they've been great, man. And I praise the Lord for them. Um, and, and we have our, our mission and vision here uh, with our student ministry hasn't changed. Uh, it, 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 ha- it just looks different, but it hasn't changed. And what that is, is that we want students to completely love God, to compassionately love others and confidently live the mission. And, and you can do that whether you're in a COVID world or not. And so we've had to help coach them on what that looks like in a COVID world, but, but the mission doesn't stop. The gospel isn't quarantined. It's still mm-hmm. got to go out, and we still got to we still got to go uh, and and be the light that God's called us to be out in this world. In fact, now I feel more than ever um, in such a time as this. So, um, so our students really um, really hung in there. Um, uh, my leaders as well, and so trying to figure out how to connect with students on a weekly, biweekly basis. Um, you know, trying to figure out ways to get students together to, to continue to, to have that community. Um, even though we were distanced, still have that community. So we did a lot of things on Zoom. Uh, one thing that I love that we did um, is that we had a, a weekly lunchtime. We called it Lunchtime Live. Every Wednesday at 12 o'clock during the summer, we, we had students log on and eat lunch from their homes. And we just, we had a time of just fellowship. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So like, it was great because they would all bring their own lunches to the, to the screen and we would just, we would just hang out and eat lunch together. We'd oh, throw a cool. question out. We'd, you know, and so that was awesome. So that was one for, that's one for the bank, you know, yeah. uh, if we ever go back into something like that again, but, um, but, but also, um, you know, 
it allowed our students to be, I think, more engaged engaged in spiritual conversations with their friends. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you a story just real quick. I had a, a high school senior. His name is Cade. And Cade had a friend in uh, Ohio. And his name is Bernie. And so Cade and Bernie um, are friends because they both play travel hockey. And so Cade was talking to Bernie one night for four hours over FaceTime back in March, four wow. hours. And it led to a gospel conversation. And Bernie ended up uh, trusting Christ as his Lord and Savior. Um, Praise the Lord. Yeah, which is amazing, right? And so Cade is texting me that night, like at midnight. He's like, you're not going to believe this. My friend Bernie just trusted Christ. This is amazing. And I'm like, man, this is so cool. But I'll talk to you tomorrow because I'm exhausted, you know. But, um, but of course, I didn't go to sleep because I was all jacked up too. But um, what's crazy is God in his sovereignty, okay, allowed Bernie to make a travel hockey team here in Richmond. So back in August, Bernie moved down here to Richmond, okay, and uh, is playing hockey, travel hockey for a team here. And so he, got, he was able to get plugged into our church here. All right, I've been discipling him. Cade's been discipling him. And Cade was able to baptize him five weeks ago here at Parkway. And wow. so, so it was just truly amazing to see that even in the midst of COVID, even virtually conversating with friends, the gospel is still working. The gospel still moving. The gospel still going forth. And so that's Amen. just one, that's just one story out of many that we've experienced here. And so the atmosphere of our student ministry is, Hey, we, we want to gather as safely and as often as we can, and we want to make the gospel known to our friends. So I'm getting texts all the time from friends, uh, from students texting their friends and talking to their friends about spiritual things. And they're asking me, Hey, how do I answer this question? Or, you know, um, and so it's, it's been neat, man. So, so there is a, there, there is an awesome atmosphere right now, uh, uh, um, a go get them type of atmosphere now. And, and I'm really excited to see what God's going to continue to do with that. Absolutely. And that, that's something I'm, I'm glad to hear because I have had a, some feeling and I can't really explain it, but something's, you know, bugging me in the back of my head that this ministry year, like this school year, God's going to do something big. Oh, bro. I'm and, right there and, with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I don't care what it is <laughs> as long as he lets me help. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Or at least, you know, do something that keeps me from getting in the way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to see because I, I can I can see it in some of my teens. Like they're it's like they're licking their chops, you know, thinking about talking to their friends about Jesus. At, whereas this time last year, they were like, You want me to do what? <laughs> right. Right. And uh so that's pretty exciting, man. Yeah, I think the urgency is there because mm-hmm. We don't like none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We all knew that before COVID, but now, like I think, I think that urgency is is even heightened because of what's going on, not just pandemic wise, but like you mentioned earlier, politically and culturally. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think people are realizing, and, and students more than more than adults now, I feel have that sense of urgency to to go to go forth with the gospel, Mm -hmm. which is the only hope that people have, right? Like people put their hope in so many other things that are just so fleeting and will let them down. But, but our students have experienced the fact that, Hey, Jesus doesn't let us down. He's always with us. He's going to guide us, direct us. And, uh, and they want to make that known to their friends, to their family. And um, so yeah, it, it is exciting to, think, to see, and I, I agree with you, bro. God's got something big in store for this school year and for this, for this generation. I, I really believe that as yeah, well. 
Absolutely. And I, and because of that, uh, I, I think I've also started to see an increase in uh, churches being willing to partner with other churches yep. uh, because uh, we can't do this alone. Uh, and with the number of people that have dropped off, whether it's just because they, you know, they're, let's say they're just, they're living with grandma grandma's in her late eighties. She's part of the most vulnerable population. Sorry, I'm not coming to youth group because I don't want to accidentally bring something home and get grandma sick. Absolutely. And so we have some of those that are being careful yeah. uh, and, and, and that's good, you know, you know, keep plugging in on Facebook live or whatever it is you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I know that because of your new position with uh, the being a student ministry strategist, you're going to, you're now going to be in contact with a lot more churches, not just the people in your specific congregation. So um, what, I guess this is kind of a three part, like what was church partnership like before COVID what's it been during and what are you thinking might happen in the future when it comes to churches being able to partner together to, to further the gospel and disciple teenagers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. That's one of the phrases, really the phrase that that the SBC of Virginia uses is you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, uh, as an organization, big on partnership. We as an organization come alongside churches to partner with them in equipping them, training them, providing opportunities for them to reach students, to reach people, uh, and, and disciple them to be disciple makers. And so um, so I think before that, before COVID, you, you saw a lot of churches, um, uh, trying, well, I guess it's, it depends on context. Okay. So I think in, in our state in different, different contexts, um, partnership looks better than in other contexts. Um, but I feel like before COVID, at least what I've seen is, um, a lot of churches were just kind of doing their thing, you know, and Hey, we're good. We got it. We got a rhythm. We got a flow. I'm good. And there may have been some partnerships on a few things. Um, during COVID, I, I, a lot of partnerships kind of, I, I feel like may have stopped a little bit just because church is trying to figure out how to do day-to-day ministry yeah. and week-to-week ministry. And of course you had the partnership in, Hey, I'm going to call so-and-so student pastor and see what they're doing. See if I can glean any ideas. What we did on the state level is we had a couple of zoom calls um, with uh, student ministries in different regions that we have, but also statewide Zoom calls to just help encourage. I think that's what partnership looks like during COVID was encouragement. Yeah. Like, hey, we encourage each other. We need to pray for one another. Um, and we just need to, we need to lean on each other during this time. And then I feel like that's going to continue as we move out of COVID into whatever next thing that we're going to go into. Um, because I think what we've seen as a huge benefit during this time is the importance of partnership with other churches, other like-minded ministries who have the same mission, uh, right. Of, of, of going and evangelizing and making disciples, uh, to the ends of the earth, knowing that God is with us to the very end of the age. Um, and so just reminding each other of that and just encouraging, like, I think one of the things I loved today about the meeting that we were at earlier it's just that prayer time, man. Mm. And just, and just hearing like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life right now and my ministry. And this is what I need prayer for. Um, and so I don't, I, I pray that we don't lose sight of that. The importance of, of coming together as believers, being rooted in the same mission and encouraging each other, praying for one another and linking arms together, uh, for the future. You just said something that's been running through my mind. <laughs> um, over the last nine months and really, I guess it kind of started over the last year or so. 
I, I've noticed that there are a lot of churches and then parachurch organizations that um, their thing is to partner with churches to do specific things. But it, it seems to me as though we're all finally starting to find each other, to notice each other, and to link arms. Yep. And that's what you said when you said linked arms, um, because when we present as the church a united front against the gates of hell with, with the Holy spirit as our guide and God as our, ba- as our backer, so to speak, um, hell doesn't have a chance. Right. <laughs> um, you know, uh, God promised the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against us. And, uh, oh. I mean, you know, gates, they're not offensive gates right. are defensive. Right. Um, and I've, I've just recently, I encouraged my students and, and a lot of them made a commitment to be, to be the ones that are a part of a healthy culture in our youth ministry so that we can be effective for the gospel. And I said, look guys, if any of your friends make it to hell, it's going to be over your pile of dead bodies in front of them. Yeah. Um, you know, let's yeah. go. Yeah. And I think it was, what was it Spurgeon that was like, we, we need to grab them by the ankles and drag them back out of hell. That's right. <laughs> you know, get them to heaven Like do whatever we can. And, and it just seems to me, um, that a lot of us are finally starting to not just be like, Oh yeah. Hey brother, you know, great. You know, do your thing. You're doing great. Um, and now we're like, Hey, let's do this together. Yeah. And, and yeah. push forward together. And, uh, and, and Satan's got nothing on the power of a United church. <laughs> uh-uh. No, you're exactly right, man. And that's, and I think that's where urgency, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. comes, comes in. Like, I think not only do students have that urgency, I think whole churches have that urgency and student ministry, student pastors, student ministry leaders have that urgency too, and realize, Hey, if we don't, if we don't link arms and if we don't do this on a United front, we could quickly get to the point where, where they got in the old Testament in judges chapter two, right? Where a whole generation goes mm-hmm. without hearing about the Lord and knowing about the Lord. And so I think, I think it's just, it's that important. Um, and, and it's rooted in gospel urgency to go forth. Amen, man. Well, hey, um, as we wrap up, I just wanted to uh, just ask you one last thing. If if someone's uh, listening to this and they hear, um, they've already heard a couple of golden nugget ideas from you today. Um, but if they're if they're struggling just with trying to figure out ministry in COVID, or, um, or or just have questions, maybe even about how to get in touch with their state affiliation and and where to go to to partner with other churches, uh, what would be the best way to get in touch with you uh, for something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I love, David, is just walking life with other student pastors, student ministry leaders, talking shop, uh, if you will. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can uh, contact me. My email uh, is mcamary, so M-C-A-M-I-R-E, uh, at sbcv.org. Um, and then if you also search my name on Instagram, Facebook, uh, I'm on those social media platforms as well and can connect uh, uh, with folks on there as well. Awesome. And we'll put that down in the show notes for those of you who can't spell Camary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, me. Or, or you forgot, um, didn't hear it well. So, uh, but yeah, Mike, I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate the example that you're setting for other youth pastors in our convention and in our state. Uh, and, and the godly example you are to your family and your church. And uh, I'm just really thankful for everything you're doing. And I appreciate you being willing to come on the podcast and, and share a little bit with these guys. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you too, brother. Grateful for you. Well, guys, I'm very thankful for Mike and his heart and passion 
for doing student ministry, youth ministry during time of COVID and his just his passion to see through it. Because I don't know about if you're listening, uh, for those of you are listening, but I have gone through a period of almost wanting to quit. I think a lot of us have, if we're totally honest. Uh, we've been through a time that uh, this past year in 2020, where we almost want to quit because just the insanity of uh, the closings and masks and sanitation and people freaking out, people yelling at you, screaming at you, no matter what you do, you yeah. can you, you can have uh, you can be closed and shutting down, you're getting yelled at. You can be open, you're getting yelled at. And just dealing with all this stuff, and, and I know it's been very hard for youth pastors and, and youth leaders, and it's been especially hard for senior leadership in this time. So I'm very thankful for hearing Mike and hear how he's still passionate, still pushing through, motivated, even during this time of COVID. Yeah, and I know if you were to ask Mike in a one-on-one conversation, he would probably by no means tell you he's an expert. Um, but can we just appreciate for a minute that he's been at the same church for, I think, like he said, 17 years. And uh, he was one of the kids in the youth group that started the youth ministry at his church that he's still at right now when he was like 11 or 12. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, that's incredible. I mean, he's been a part of the community for so long. So uh, I think that's that's encouraging for me uh, to just keep plugging away and keep doing what the Lord has asked us to do in youth ministry. So uh, hopefully you guys found this encouraging. And if you did, uh, and you've been listening for any length of time, uh, and you haven't done this yet, please take a minute uh, to uh, you know park if you're driving, but uh, just get your phone out or your computer out and leave a comment or star review on our podcast. Uh, that would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it because that allows us to stay near the top of the search board so that when people are looking for solid youth ministry content, uh, people are looking for encouragement, uh, for ideas, for perspective in youth ministry and student ministry. Uh, we'd like to be up there as high as we can so that we can provide that encouragement for them. And uh, if there's a topic that we haven't covered in the last couple of years that you guys are just kind of itching to hear about or maybe get a fresh perspective or um, if, if you'd like to, to ask us, then feel free to send us a direct message on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Youth, Cult- Youth and Culture Podcast. Uh, find us there and send us a direct message. We'll be happy to dialogue with you there and and maybe even talk about it on the podcast itself. And guys, I just want to let you know that I am pumped up for this year, for 2021, uh, for a podcast. We got some great guests uh, for this year that have already been rolled out. Uh we're going to be having a Nona Jones here on the podcast, who is the faith-based director of Facebook. Uh, we have Sean McDowell. Uh, it's going to be a, we have a couple episodes with him. That's going to be rolling out. And I'm just really, really excited and pumped for this year and what God's going to be doing on this podcast as uh, we're ministering, really, me and David, as we interview and talk uh, to these different ministry leaders, we're learning ourselves as, as much as we're trying to provide content uh, for you as you're learning in your journey in youth ministry. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>